Well, now I'm recording. Alright. You want to get started then? Uh, yeah, let's, let's do it. In that case, welcome everybody to another exciting episode of... I almost said Clinton Score Classics. Welcome to another episode of the Reeton Entertainment Podcast, where we talk about news and video games and not Pathfinder. Hey, uh, Aroa, where can we find you? Uh, hopefully Aroa.website. I think it's still working. I checked earlier in this week and it was fine, but you know how things can change. Drop of a hat. Uh, yeah, yeah, so go check out Aroa.website. It has all of our relevant social media links. Some of those that I want to draw your attention to, Clinton's Core Classics, A Rise of the Ruin Lords First Edition Actual Play Podcast. It's like I had it on the mind or something like that. And uh, if Pathfinder's not your jam, you can check out my other podcast, which is Shadowrun, Bug City Blues, Sixth World Edition Actual Play Podcast. I released an episode yesterday, and it's probably one of my favorite episodes of anything I've ever made. So check it out. That's a big, warm, glowing endorsement. Did, uh, did I say that this was episode 424 for November 5th? 2023 i don't remember if not i said it now uh yep all right we got our social media links we got the ones that i wanted to say uh what what video games have you played lately uh so i did something special uh i I finished sonic frontiers as dlc hell yeah how are you doing how are you holding up bud um i had to cheat uh, oh. as I as I believe I posted in our discord um it's complete and utter horse shit uh it, it it's almost like torturous how difficult they made this DLC now, granted it's it's free so like fair enough like I'm, I'm not gonna complain that much about it uh at least in in terms of that but it's still like, it's ludicrously hard. Um, this is this is like if all of a sudden you're playing. I don't even know how how easily this is going to go over. Uh, you're playing Devil May Cry, and uh, you've you finish the game, and then you get a pop up that's like, "Hey, now you can go back and play to get the bonus ending," and you're like, "Oh, cool, a bonus ending. That sounds fun." And then you you start you start the bonus ending thing, and you haven't changed your difficulty setting. It's still set to normal or whatever, and you just happen to notice that wow, it sure seems like this is a lot harder than than the initial game. But you know that makes sense. It's a bonus game, uh, and then you get to the final boss, and suddenly it, it secretly turned the game into Dante must die difficulty uh or 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 even heaven or hell difficulty and if you haven't played a much devil may cry well dante must die mode is just like super ultra violence mode where it's really really hard uh and heaven or hell mode is everything dies in one hit and including you um my point being that the the combat wherein in sonic frontiers they added a parry uh, move and it's just hold down left and right bumpers or L1 and R1 and you go into parry stance and you can just kind of hold it until you get hit. Like it's not very difficult in the DLC. They made it to where in the, in the boss gauntlet that they added, you have to do what they call a perfect parry 
which is not something that existed in the rest of the entire fucking game. And it makes it to where you, you have to time the parry exactly with the moment that you're going to get hit. And considering that the combat for the rest of the game is designed such that perfect parries aren't a thing and you're just supposed to hold down the parry button until you get hit, suddenly it's very, very fucking difficult. Um, I do have some follow-up questions, if uh, if you will entertain them. Okay. When you say that perfect parries don't exist, do you mean like the game just doesn't tell you about it, but you could do it? Or you mean like if you try to do it in the regular game, it just it's like not implemented? It It is not a feature of the normal game. It, it like so normally you'd press L1 and R1 and like I guess technically if you wanted to you could try to time your parries but there is no reason to. It's not like um it's not like because the, the best comparison that I've come up with is with a Souls like game. I and like I, it sounds a lot like Sonic Souls. Yeah. Like normally uh, parrying in Sonic Frontiers is more like blocking where you just hold the button down and you wait until you get hit and then you let go whenever whenever you do the actual parry animation. Um, and in this DLC, they have just completely replaced that with now it is Dark Souls parrying where you have to press it at the exact moment and that is the only way that you can block damage. Um, which is a little bit of a spike. And I think, as I, I think I mentioned previously, like back whenever I first tried this, during the boss rush, they also have it where you have to do all the bosses in one shot. Essentially, uh, without getting hit at all because you are on a timer that ticks down from 400 seconds and you have to kill all four normal bosses within that 400 seconds. Do uh, it perfectly. Don't get hit. Yeah. You have to do it perfectly. And while using this new mechanic, I thought that was bullshit enough. And then I get to the the final boss after cheating to essentially just turn the timer off. Uh, I get to the, the final boss of the DLC and they up it even further where now Sonic has to only do perfect parries. And if you fail to do the perfect parry, it decreases your time. Is avoiding combat like, like it seems like at this point combat is a losing battle. Even even if you win, the well, the, the cost of losing even a little bit is too high. It's a boss rush, so I'm assuming no, no. And this is this is so the the final boss, uh, its main attack. So uh, more context. Uh, the way that Supersonic works in Sonic Frontiers is that Supersonic is invincible. Uh, but is on a timer based on how many rings he has. So you're just, you're burning rings over time. Normally in all the other boss fights, the only concern is that if you get hit, you get thrown back. So you lose some time. Uh, in the final boss of the DLC, 
its main attack is to reduce your maximum ring count. Uh, so essentially it's like double the problem because now not only are you losing time by getting knocked at, knocked back by one of its attacks, but it's also just taking chunks out of your timer. So, and, and these are like rapid fire projectile attacks that you have to parry each one after another. Uh, so in some cases you can get hit by six projectiles simultaneously at which point you lose 20 seconds for each projectile that you get hit with. So you're losing about two minutes worth of time uh, if you fuck up that parry. I'm going to just throw this out here. You <laughs> are aware that you could play video games for fun, right? Yeah. And so that was uh, like, as soon as I got to that and I realized what was going on and I realized that the only way to get to the second phase of the fight is to get reduced down to half of your normal maximum ring count. Um, so you essentially have to finish the entire boss fight in three minutes, or you have to start the entire sequence over again. Uh, I went, all right, I'm going to turn on this other cheat that just makes it to where I cannot lose rings and the maximum ring count can't be really, it can't be decreased. Um, at which point it took me about an hour to finish that boss fight. Um, because it also uses something that granted was in the game previously, uh, where you have to change what point on the enemy that you're targeting during the fight to actually do damage to it. And that would have been fine if that was ever used in any other fight in the entire game, but it's not. Uh, it seems so much like this mode that you're describing could have been like, I'm going to say its own DLC, but maybe even its own, like, you know how Hitman has this game and then it's like Hitman sniper missions because it's <laughs> such a wackedly, wildly separate game that it wouldn't make sense to release it on its own thing. It, it well, seems like that'd be a good opportunity for this, like Dark Sonic, Sonic it, Souls, it, we'll workshop the name. It's like... What they because the whole thing, the, the entire DLC is just a difficulty cliff. Like if you if you finish the game on easy and or even hard, because I finished the normal game on hard. Like <laughs> I should have been ready for this. But like if you if you finish the game normally and then you jump into this, not knowing what you're getting into, it, you are just slamming into a wall. It's ridiculous. Right. And, it, and the game does nothing to prepare you for this. And, and like, I can only assume that it's, it's that, uh, cause my, my, my assumption with the whole DLC was that this was all cut content that they put back into the game because the reception of Sonic Frontiers was so good and they needed more content or they wanted to put more content out there before they started work on on Frontiers 2, or at least they, they had time to make this stuff playable. And I, I am curious as to whether it, this was all stuff that they had initially conceptualized and it's just fundamentally incompatible with the game, with the way that the game turned out. Because like there there are several aspects in the main game I'm not going to go super deep into it but there are several things in the main game that make me think 
that like the combat was supposed to be different. Uh, in particular, there are there are little challenges where you're supposed to like time your parries, or at least they're implied to to do that because like the challenge is just parry three attacks and it's just a ball comes at you and like really that oh, means that the challenge, challenge yeah it's complete. just hold the button yeah so it's like or and there's another one where like you're supposed to jump over uh it's essentially jump rope um except when you parry in midair you just you're just frozen in midair and you can just hold that as long as you want so you literally just have to jump one time and then hold parry and you float there forever until the, until the challenge is over. And, and mean, at the, some point, why is it a challenge? Well, and that, yeah, it, it sounds like you're, what you're saying is it sounds like that was probably something totally different. And then well, the it, minute, somebody said, Oh, it's too difficult for the kiddos. Turn yeah. It down. That that's what I think it was, is that they had conceptualized the combat to be timing based parries. And like you were going to, ha- you were going to have the options of, of dodging or parrying all of, souls likes and then they did player testing and 12 year olds couldn't do it and are, so are souls likes dying yet i know elden ring was super popular and i think there was sekiro or something like that but other than that i haven't i just i just want them to be dead aroa uh from it's, soft it's ruined the gaming industry from soft seems to be sick of them but uh everyone else has kind of seemingly agreed that this is just what action rpgs are now uh, I see a lot of newer games coming out that just describe themselves as action RPGs and they are ostensibly just souls likes. So I, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think dark souls has, uh, plagued the entire industry. Get this nonsense. I'm going back to my super Nintendo. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that was, that was my biggest accomplishment. Um, th- there was another game uh speaking of going back to to old comfort food uh it was a visual novel um the name of it is is fremdganger uh i believe it's a german word it's probably something i i think ganger is demon um it's a really good visual novel that i would highly recommend playing uh completely blind don't don't know anything about it uh it is not anywhere near as good as say like a doki doki literature club in terms of the big unexpected twist in the way that the game works but it is really good and uh i would i would wait until it gets down to five dollars again it regularly goes on sale because ten dollars is just a little too much but otherwise like it's a it's a really great reminder of of how creative people in the RPG maker space can be and how far you can push a 2d engine into doing really cool shit. Uh, so yeah, that, that is, that is, uh, F R E M D ganger G A N G E R. The uh, cheating demon. Yeah. It looks kind of like, uh, I mean, it's definitely got that RPG maker flair to it. The the first image that I saw of it almost looked like it was a shit post. Yeah, look at that. That's like three D rendering and everything, blowing my childhood mind. Yeah, like it, and it, and that's the best part is that on its surface, like all over the store page, it looks like a shitty generic RPG maker game. Um, and it is anything but that. 
I'm kind of glad you brought this up. When I'm when I'm talking about my games, we'll bring up RPG Maker again. This has uh, you. You also mentioned comfort food. This looks like comfort food. This looks like it's it, it, it's appealing. It's appealing. It looks very appealing. Yeah, like it's it is cute. It is self aware, um, and it has like very interesting and clever mechanics that uh, are very similar to a recent indie game that got some notoriety uh, that involves like going up and down through layers of reality. Uh, But this came out obviously like several months before that game came out. So I thought that was, that was kind of interesting, but yeah. So definitely check that out. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to explain much of anything else, but it was, it was a really good, like, three-ish hour experience. That's you uh, just cuz when I was looking at it it pulled up your stats too. It says you got 5 hours in it. Yep. Worth 5 bu- uh, for for 10 bucks, 5 hours is worth your money. Uh if if you're really really into RPG maker games, I would say $10 is is worthwhile. I would personally wait for it to go on sale again though. I I got it on sale. Uh, uh, I'd put it on my wish list because it actually does look pretty delightful. Yeah, it is a really great way to blow through an evening. Any other games that are we're talking about? Uh, no, you can you can do your thing now. It won't be too long, I promise. Uh, I played editing a podcast once again. I just want to reiterate: episode five of Bug City Blues is out now. I'm really proud of it. You should check it out. I promise that you'll find it entertaining and exciting. Uh, maybe. Uh, but other than that, I've been kind of jumping between games. I recently beat Cyberpunk, and since then I've not really landed on whatever game I'm going to spend my time with next. I've been playing a little bit of Halo Infinite, just like when I get home from work is something to do as a part of my wind-down ritual. But I'm never reaching for that as like something that I actively want to play. I'm it's just playing there. Like, it's, it's just there. It's, it's, I'm going to say that comfort food word again. <laughs> and, it, and it's Halo. Like You could keep that same formula for the next 20 years, and people will probably end up continuing to do it. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of the Mega Man Battle Network games. Once again, comfort food. Playing a little bit of the Fallout uh, Fallout 4. Um, mostly just because it runs great on Steam Deck. And then today, while I was waiting for my laundry to finish, I re-downloaded Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, because I, I'm poor and don't own Mortal Kombat 1. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, man. It's a fighting game. Like It, it sure does look pretty. I'm not going to play this for too long. Uh, I do wish that it sank, like, like, I know it's asking a lot, but I do wish that it sank the progress I made on the Switch version with the PC version. That's the number one thing not wanting, uh, keeping me from wanting to play it more, is having to redo all the work that I already did. Yeah, we've got cross-platform play, but we still don't have cross-platform saves. What is that, the toggling of a Switch? Like, what what, what is it going to corrupt here? Yeah, I mean, like, shouldn't be that hard just to... Put your save, be able to to put your saves into an AWS like S3 bucket or whatever, and transfer them wherever. I think Cyberpunk maybe solved that problem. They're the only real people I know who have, though. Come on, game industry, be better. I agree. Other than that, uh, because I've spent all week editing audio, I haven't played a lot of games, but I sure have been spending time thinking about what games I want to play. I got that that Quest Three headset not too long ago, and I hear people talking about how great it is in VR. I got me one of them cables so I could wire myself up and do Steam VR. Haven't even tried it yet. 
So I'm probably going to do that this afternoon because my Shadowrun podcast is on break while Reeton is... Oh, we, we never even mentioned. Reeton's not here because he had work stuff to do. That, that's yeah. it. It's boring. Uh, he got so back I'll, from Japan and immediately had to go on like a 400-mile drive. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah, we, we feel for you, buddy. Uh, so I'm probably going to end up playing with my quest this evening. There's a couple things that I would be really interested in doing. Uh, and all of them involve uh, chasing that nostalgia dragon. One of them is I want to do some homework and find out how Virtual Boy emulators work on VR headsets slash AR headsets. They do. And if I can get that working great, I might play through Wario Land again. That's a game I played through on Kid on hardware, and I remember enjoying it quite a bit. Also, it kind of blew my fucking mind. <laughs> and I wouldn't mind going back and having my mind blown again, even if I, and I know for a fact it's all nostalgia, but damn it, it's a hell of a drug. Second, I want to see, so I was doing a little bit of homework on this already. I haven't finished my research on how to do it, but I've seen people do it enough to the point where I know I also want to do this, and that's Morrowind in VR. They have oh. exported the entire Morrowind engine into open source code, and you just have to own the game, which I have like multiple versions of that. That's not a problem for me. Uh, I want to find out how to get that running in VR, even if I have to be hooked up to my computer. That's fine. And you guys just won't see me for like two months. I'll, I'll come back with a long beard, long hair, and uh, speaking in Telvani. Yeah, it, if, if you get that going, uh, send me like whatever guide you followed or whatever, because that sounds amazing. Happily. And uh, I, I have a feeling this is going to be one of those things I'm definitely going to solve. I just got to finish doing the homework. <laughs> Other than that, the next thing I want to figure out is virtual desktop with it. I'm still using the the default beta client for the oculus quest one and it sucks it's not really yeah. useful to me anymore i do have so when i'm at work if i ever need like a break from my coworkers, or if i'm working at the far end of the campus or whatever i got myself a little office space that i've set up that's just like in between the walls basically and i have my vr set up working in there now where it's like tracking and it knows when i'm in there i kind of want it so i i just bought myself a, a wireless keyboard that's got like a, a mouse track with it so I'm pretty feasibly sure I could just walk around anywhere in here and have my monitor follow me on my headset. That's probably going to be my next, like, professional goofing off project, is making it so my workspace can follow me wherever I go. And damn it, it's cool that we're living in the future where that's an option. Right? Not there yet, as in, like, I'm not sure if I just need to buy something. I know I can sideload apps, I just haven't done any homework into how to do that yet, but I think that's going to be the key to my success in all of this. I do not know if, because like the, the one that seems to be the de facto tool for that is immersed VR, um, but that requires running like a client on your machine. I don't know if you can do that or not. Work client, no. My tablet theoretically i could I, I just bring my surface at work put it in the corner and it's working so far uh i would i would look into seeing if immersed vr has some option to have your screens follow you i i don't uh, know i've only messed with it for uh, like a couple of times but it does let you spawn like five virtual monitors and, and that's that, like the that only one that does it great option would be have multiple virtual displays I know yeah. that's asking a lot of a Surface Pro, but I'm willing to try. 
No, fuck it. If I had a like, if I had a docking station set up to it, it could do multiple monitors. I bet I could handle this. All of these things are are aspects of my virtual nerdery tomfoolery that I'm going to eventually explore. There's just not enough hours in the day. Yeah, I know that feel. So uh, maybe by this time next week, I will be uh, a goofy, silly cyberboy in virtual space. Gonna be doing the podcast in VR. I'll be doing the podcast with the sound of my nose right against the microphone. <laughs> Tune into that. Other than that, I don't really have any game stories to talk about. There's games that I want to play, but that's that's not interesting to talk about. Uh, so let's uh, talk about some news stories. Sure. All right, let's start off with a question. How fast do you like your internet to be? Fast. Fast? Are you talking about like gigabit up fast or maybe even like 10 gigabit up fast? I mean, maybe bigger like number better. 20 gig? Yeah, big, big number big, right? Big number good. Yeah. Well, what if we saw that Google Fiber's 20 gig and we laughed at that and we punted it off the table and we dropped a 50 gigabyte service? Sweet donkey Jesus. How, uh, what are you going to do with that, first of all? I, what I'm, are you going to do with that? I'm downloading all of the internet. <laughs> like, I, I, I am able to almost saturate a one gig connection, and I have literally a, an enterprise-grade server. Like, <laughs> what's, what's somebody with, like, who just watches Netflix going to do with 50 gigabit? That's the real kicker here. This is for residential. <laughs> this is for my buddy Jack works at home, and when he's not at work, he's playing video games at home. Oh, and also he's never going to lag again. <laughs> like, th this is the sort of thing that would be great for someone who owns an apartment complex. You know? Like, yes. Like, uh, th that is what this is for. This is for... You you either own an apartment or you a run mansion, maybe, <laughs> or, or well, I guess a mansion where you have like you know a, a small army of servants who all need their own internet connections. Like, if fifty gigabit is something that should be shared between at least like ten or twenty people, and even that is probably unnecessary. Yeah, the apartment complex, even then, a big apartment complex. Yeah, yeah, this is this not is like... such an unreasonably high number to offer for residential use. And uh, with that, there is a unnecessarily high price tag attached to it. Uh, if you want this 50 gigabit service, all it costs is $900 per month. Plus, over three grand in equipment and installation charges. Yeah, they um, they don't provide... A router you have to provide your own router uh and obviously with 50 gigabit uh you can't just like go to walmart and pick yourself up a, a netgear router you're uh they recommend explode. <laughs> they uh they recommend a micro tick cloud core blah blah blah, uh, blah 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 look it up in the article if you're interested yeah, it, it's got 16 gigs of RAM and apparently costs $2,500 on Amazon. And hey, you man, have to pay 600 wants... for installation. You're the one who wants fast internet speeds. Pay up. 
And if you can justify spending $900 a month, you probably got the money to spend $3,000 on a router for that. If you have that kind of money and you're buying this sort of service, um, let me know so I can mug you because you're not going to notice the money going missing. <laughs> I keep on asking myself, who is this for? Apartment yeah. complexes, maybe. If if you're like a, a, a what, what do you call that when you outsource your IT department, like a IT as a service? If you have a, a building full of people who all need to be, and even then, this is residential, not not applicable. This is for houses. This is for, I need to connect to the office on the weekend, and I need to do it really fast. <laughs> I just don't, I don't see the, the feasibility here. Finally, we could have somebody who plays games in, uh, I almost said Alexa, what, what, what do you call all of those online streaming services? All of the ones that died, any of them, Stadia, uh, oh, uh, and just uh, like game streaming or like. I don't I'm know. trying to think of any of them that survived, and I can't think of a single dang uh, one. Amazon Luna. There we go, Luna. Yeah, think of, think of being able to actually play games on Luna now. Yeah. This might be what it takes. It'd be like the equivalent of having a direct connection to a freaking data center at that point. So uh, There are a few caveats that the article from TechSpot uh, lines out. Of course, it warns that these speeds are not going to be guaranteed if you are on Wi-Fi, mostly because there's not currently a Wi-Fi, I'm not sure what the right word would be, formula, uh, algorithm that can handle that amount of data at once. Although supposedly the upcoming Wi-Fi 7 standard promises a maximum throughput of 46 gigabits per second. Uh, which again brings us to the question of what are we doing with all of this data? <laughs> Like, what? Why? Why? I, I I can only assume that they've invested a substantial sum of money into their fiber fiber infrastructure, and they don't have enough customers to really clog their lines yet. So they're just doing this as a as a sort of publicity stunt. Publicity stunt, or maybe it's like a, a pedigree purchase. Hey, look at what you could be offered. Yeah. Top of the line and never think about it again. Uh should also mention like this isn't like Comcast or or some like massive corporate like national company that's doing this. Uh this company is Zipply. I just looked them up. Uh they are so that their company name is actually Northwest Fiber LLC. Uh, and then they they just do business as Zipply Fiber, and they essentially just bought out Frontier's operations in the U.S. Northwest, and they only cover Washington, Idaho, Oregon, and Montana. Uh, just, those are their only regions in their range. I, I don't actually know what it takes to lay fiber out, but I imagine it's probably pretty costly. That or uh, we just use all the fiber that we already laid down and I, I don't know, the infrastructure in this country is so fucked. Well it's uh it from looking at their history on here, it looks like all of the money for actually laying down the fiber in the first place was done by uh Frontier and Verizon. Uh and then 
and then this uh, Wave Division Capital Company bought Frontiers, everything that Frontier was doing in the Northwest. And then Northwest Fiber was formed by this Wave Division Capital Company to actually run the fiber business. So I wonder if they get a, uh, they being Verizon. I wonder if they get a kickback whenever somebody like utilizes the service. Oh no, they, they uh so by by saying that like they they bought this stuff from Verizon, basically Verizon said that they're not making enough money off of this to make it worthwhile to keep running this service and they want it out. But that would also involve like dropping their telephone services and stuff. And they can't do that because of like government regulation. So they just sold all of that off to another company. Uh, it said for like $1.4 billion. So, uh, yeah, it's all it, the, the way that telecommunications works in the, in the U S is really fucking weird. Um, I also was curious cause obviously Nathan lives in, uh, Oregon. So I was gonna check and see and it doesn't look like I I don't remember where he actually lives and obviously I'm not gonna dox him on here but I know he lives near Bend and uh, Bend is not covered. It looks like if he moves maybe uh, a couple towns northwest he'll be able to get this uh this crazy fiber connectivity or just move to Portland. Portland's just, just covered in fiber connection. It's my understanding that Nathan is uh, quite fed up with all of the travel that he needs to do. So he he could just move somewhere closer to work that has fiber installed. Problem solved. Yeah. There you go. He's a rich motherfucker. He could afford it. Yeah. Then you don't have to, you don't have to deal with your slow internet from whatever your current company is. And you know, you just got to spend the $5,000 to get everything set up. I would finally be able to stream things while Nathan is also streaming. Yeah. I, I, who is this for is the question that I keep on coming back to. <laughs> I just, I can't answer it. No, I, even as a pedigree purchase, this is like, yeah, I, uh, no, no, not even then. Like, if I'm buying a fancy car or something like that, at least I could, like, look at it and be like, huh, look at that very expensive car. With this, it's, I'm watching YouTube videos faster. Yeah. Average consumer is not getting anywhere near the speeds that are going to make a dent in this. Realistically, you wouldn't even get that much speed directly from, like, YouTube or whatever. They're, they're not going to feed you 500 gigabit per second, like, because their load balancer won't allow it. Like, you're, you're going to get, you're probably going to top out at like maybe two or 300 megabit. I anticipate this to be great for peer to peer, so long as your peers could also uh, supply your demand. Oh yeah. Like anything, anything involving you running a, a server of some sort at home, like whether it be sharing shit over BitTorrent or whatever, like. This is a godsend, but (laughs) an expensive godsend. Yeah. Like this is definitely like small business internet price, but you're also getting like 
hell, this is this is much better than any small business internet around here. I it, okay. Like, so if you're running a business out of your apartment, do you actually need to get a business plan? Obviously, I've never had to do that. Like, so they, they're not going to discriminate. They're not going to discriminate the data that's being sent to you, but they might discriminate on like, oh, you're in a, a, a domicile for living. We can't physically offer you this product, you know? So um, I will say when I was still with Charter slash Spectrum, uh, they would not allow me to get business internet because of where I live. Um, I think that is partially because the main, the main differentiator between residential and business internet is having an SLA, uh, which is essentially just guaranteed uptime mm -hmm. uh, with, with if residential you're, you're internet, you get, tell you when, yeah, with, with residential, you get no guarantee on when your internet's going to be up. You, you're just kind of at the whims of the company, uh, which might change if, uh, the net neutrality stuff goes through, but, um, there with, with business internet, you can call somebody when your internet goes down and instead of them going, yes, we will be doing our best. We have someone in a truck coming out, uh, eventually you'll get somebody who goes, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. We're working on it right now. And someone's actually working on it. Like, and that's why you pay, I think. In my case, whenever I looked at AT&T, it was something like two or three times what I'm paying now for the same speed with business internet. Uh, but it would, it would sometimes be worth it. And there, I think also technically doing even what I'm doing uh, with my residential internet is against AT&T's terms of service. But like you said, like realistically, they're not going to do anything about it unless they get like a DMCA from somebody, which those don't you, even happen all that much anymore. You would need to be using so much of their network traffic for them to even notice for, for you to even be a blip on their radar at that point. Yeah, like I, I would I would say it, I'm I, I'm confident that AT&T would not give a shit unless you were actually running like some kind of major operation out of your home, because I did a full backup of my computer and a bunch of my, my external storage. And I probably uploaded five or six terabytes in a single month. And they didn't, they didn't say anything. So I, I can't fathom what you would need to do to piss them off. Uh, I don't know what it would take, but I imagine having a 50 gigabit speed would help you gather your, your, <laughs> your way to that goal. Yeah, I guess if I had the money for for or to, to pay $900 a month, I'd have the money to get a lot more storage wherein I could then download, I don't know, the entirety of uh, of YouTube I guess. <laughs> These are rich people problems here. Yeah. So uh, tune in next week when, I don't know, Nathan tells us all he's moving somewhere closer. <laughs> uh, well, let's say we talk about a new story here. Uh, okay. Speaking of things that make people really happy, there's a new Silent Hill game. And fans already hate it. 
Yeah. So, Silent Hill Ascension, uh, according to Kotaku, is a confusing mix of interactive horror and a battle pass. Hmm, not a glowing commendation, is it? <laughs> not a, not exactly. Um, so did, did you know anything about what this was going to be? Like Silent Hill Ascension? It was my understanding that it was not a remake, but like a retelling of the first slash second game. Oh, I didn't even know that much. <laughs> it was my understanding that they were like, uh, the, uh, specifically what I heard is was Silent Hill trying to go back to his roots. So I don't know if that was a retelling of the first stories or if they were just trying to be like survival horror with tank controls or something. I, I don't know what they meant by that, unfortunately. So now are, are you referring or you may not be talking about the same thing? Because this is not the uh, new, like, Bloober Team Silent Hill game that is a, I believe it is a just straight-up remake of Silent Hill 2. Oh, yeah, I may be thinking about that. This is, so, so Konami has been on this weird kick as of late where they are sort of reviving a bunch of their older properties by outsourcing work on on new games and and whatnot to other studios and silent hill ascension is part of multiple projects that they're doing with silent hill and it is more of a sort uh sort of if it did you do anything with the netflix uh the black mirror thing that Netflix did where it was like an interactive story. No, I did. Uh, I think it's the first three seasons, maybe just the first two. So I'm familiar with the, the world of black mirror, but I never did any of the, the Netflix apps or nothing. So there was a, there was the, the big one that they did. Cause they did a couple of these, but it was like, choose your own adventure episode uh, of black mirror. Uh, and I wish I could, I could think of the name of it. Is it Jabberwocky? Was that it? Or something like that. But uh, point being, you as you watched the episode, you'd have like a prompt that would pop up at the bottom of the screen and you could pick like have him uh, confront his his dad about this or go up to your room and ignore the problem. And, you know, it's just to choose your own adventure thing. Uh, that is essentially what Silent Hill Ascension is, except it's on a Twitch stream. So everyone watching gets to vote on what happens and that determines the outcome of the story. And it's supposed to be like multiple episodes, one after another going through like this and whatever the community determines, that's the plot of the game or, or I guess of the show, whatever you want to call it. So it, uh, I, I did skim the article before we talked about it today, but I didn't realize that this was the same game that was causing some controversy on Twitch, I believe. Uh, so I, all I know from the article was that it was, it was controversial in that the moderators in the chat were doing some kind of uh, sketchy shit. Uh, so I, as far as the behind the scenes, you had a funny message with this one in the in the chat. <laughs> Normally, if you post something weird with the title, I don't think anything. But this was just weird enough where I was like, <laughs> against my better judgment, I'm going to Google that. 
yeah, so I guess um a lot of people in the chat for Silent Hill Ascension were not too happy about the experience. And as a sort of form of protest, one of the biggest things that were being spammed was, uh, quote, Hideo Kojima coming in my tummy. That's just the thing that exists in my Google search now. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, they, they apparently went from having no filter at all in chat to making it to where you could not say Hideo Kojima at all. And you could not say the word scam. However, they neglected to get rid of the uh, hard R slur. Uh, <laughs> so they had a rough I go wonder, of it. I wonder how much of this was a cultural thing and how much of this was like an executive is like, I don't care what it takes. Don't make them say Hideo Kojima anymore. Yeah. Uh, as far as the game is concerned, besides it being like, what do you call it? Uh, streamer trash? Streamer bait? Like games for people to make silly reaction faces to? I, I guess besides all of that, it's it's not being received too well. No. Um, it, it's barely even a game. I, I'll grant them that it's a, an interesting concept to have what is essentially like a game by committee um, or I guess by audience. It, it, it's, it's weird. It, like you can do everything from like, it looks like character customization and like you, you can fail. Like it's weird that there are fail states in this. Uh, Cause I'm just watching this like YouTube video that they have in the article. Uh, there are puzzles and whatnot, like they really tried to somehow work out a way to do an a, a community interactive video game, uh, sort of in the in the same way that uh, they tried to do it with that. Oh shit, Quantum Break. That was it. It was like the big cross media thing. Where they wanted it to to where like stuff that the community did in the game that affected the the TV show that they were doing, and then that did not work out at all, and they gave up almost immediately. Um, Who was asking for a Silent Hill social experience game? <laughs> That's yeah, like that was kind of the sentiment whenever this was announced. I, I felt was that everyone was like, we don't want that, and the saddest thing to me. Uh, it is that like just looking at the visuals and whatnot, it doesn't even look that good. <laughs> like, no, it, it, it looks oversaturated. Like, 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 you know, when you're watching videos on YouTube and they, they'll sometimes have like the content you're actually watching with something in the corner that's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> it feels like this game has a problem with that. I don't yeah. know how else to describe it. Like, the the CG that they that they're doing because it's not like live action it's all it's all CGI they look like like maybe mid to middle high quality PS2 cutscenes like not real time rendered but like something that you'd see in like well, like in a Silent Hill game on PS2. Mm -hmm. 
the faces are just a little too close. Like they're interacting with light, sure, but not, <laughs> it's not quite right. No, and and the animation itself, like not even in terms of of fidelity, but just like the animation itself is a little too stiff, and, and like like sort of like a Nickelodeon 3D show quality, and it's not what you would expect from something that's supposed to be this high caliber. And then I have, sorry, go on. Well, and then like on top of all that, you're wanting to charge $20 for a freaking battle pass founders pack thing. Like, I don't know what all that's about. This isn't the kind of game for that sort of business. No. It, I, I, I have a really weird example of what this reminds me of that I could pull out of my butt. You know, in movies, when there's supposed to be, like, a video game as a main plot point, there was some, I think it was a Frankie Muniz movie that was like, if you die in the game, you die for really, it's it's stupid. But all of the animation was really bad. Like, if you're playing a video game, it wouldn't make sense for things to be animated and moving the way they are. You can't focus on things. Things are moving too fast. You mentioned that. It doesn't look natural. It doesn't look like Horde. Sometimes it just looks... I know like. exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like like a a movie or like a high budget TV show got some fake footage of a fake video game made. And, and that is this. That is what that looks like. And it's really off putting. I don't want to play that as a game. I barely tolerate that when it's the main plot point of a movie. Yeah, like it, it's all it all is set up to like it's it's what somebody who doesn't play video games thinks that video games look like. Oh, yeah. And then throw in a season pass again, a decision made by people who don't play video games because they think that's what people who play video games like. And also because it's Konami. Like what are the I'm looking at some of these season pass unlocks. Are these things you could use to react in other people's chats? I. I think that may be kind of the idea because like, like I'm, I'm still not, <laughs> I don't think you're getting it. This is something where like everyone is watching one stream simultaneously. No, I and, wasn't getting that. I was thinking this is a story that when you tune in, other people just drop in and they're like, Hey, I'm here too. No, no, this is like everyone in, everyone is in one big chat all watching the same thing at the same time. Oh, and they just kind of, idea. Yeah, they just kind of vote on shit and oh, like no. you can you can like pay money to have your your reaction like pop up on the screen and shit. Like it's it's that. It's it's like a, a 100,000 people all playing a choose your own adventure game at the same time and they're voting on what happens. And yeah, like you say, like that's just not a good idea in the first place. We're not a hive mind. That's <laughs> that's going to be discord. That's chaos. I, uh, Germa985, very popular streamer, did a thing called Dollhouse. And it was it was very much that. It was a live action thing where the audience voted on what he did as if he was a character in The Sims. That ha -ha, worked myself, woohoo, ha ha. Well and and it was it was comedy. Like like and it works, I think, for comedy, and particularly whenever you know your audience and you know that they're going to pick the most absurd, stupid thing to fuck, fuck shit up. Because that's just what's going to happen. It's the internet. People want chaos. Like, that's that's just what happens. That is not going to work in a serious narrative thing like, like a Silent Hill game. 
It's no. just there, there's a fundamental misunderstanding with how internet culture works here. So much of this is just look what they've done. Look at how they've massacred my boy. Pretty much. So uh, I I wish they didn't do this. Yeah, I I hope that this isn't indicative of what else they're doing with the franchise. It doesn't seem that way on the surface, because while I don't like Bloober Team in terms of being a uh, game design company, uh, they are very good at doing visuals and at making at least games that function. So I don't know how they could fuck up a Silent Hill 2 remake. So I, I, I have confidence in that. Uh, Silent Hill F, I don't know, but we'll find out. Because no one knows like anything about that. Whatever happened to PT? Wasn't that supposed to be Silent Hill? Oh, it was. Uh, that I, was why I people swear. were saying Hideo Kojima coming in my tummy. I swear, I feel like Silent Hill had this this beautiful, like, I'm going to say a renaissance. Like, people were really psyched for it happening again, and then nothing happened. Not, well, okay, not nothing happened. Nothing good happened. Yeah. It just had release after release after release of, this isn't what we wanted. If um, you're remaking Silent Hill 2 and you're doing anything other than this is what people liked about the first game. It was horror with a slice <laughs> of action, but mostly horror. They're going to fuck it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was as soon as they as soon as they essentially disbanded Team Silent uh, with the finishing of Silent Hill 4. Uh, there really were two-ish good Silent Hill games that came after that. And since then, Konami's mostly just ignored the franchise. They made a they made a, a slot machine out of Silent Hill, and that was like the only thing they did with it up until PT. And then they got in a fight with Hideo Kojima, and now he's Death Stranding Man. And... PT died and uh now we've got we've got this bad Netflix show. Now we've been cursed with 10 years of bad Silent Hill releases. Yeah. Do you think if Konami sends Hideo Kojima a letter with a heart on it that says Wovewisawi, uh the stars will align and we could have a good Silent Hill again? It would be absolutely amazing i don't think it would happen because of all the internal politics that seemed to create the the kojima situation but it would be amazing if like particularly the one dude that he was fighting with uh either quit or was let go and they were like okay you, you don't have to it like we know you're not going to come back but maybe kojima productions could just make the silent hill thing that that you know you wanted to do we'll pay for Guillermo del toro to come back guillermo guillermo whatever fat guillermo. hispanic man it will make that's all they have to do because they would print money they would yeah. show up at his property they'd knock on the door they'd peek through the aviator shades and they'd be like hey how do you want to make some money yeah like it will print itself money like people uh, like look at what uh what bloober team whatever's like Obviously, there's an audience for this. Obviously, people are still talking about this. And obviously, they aren't getting it from the people who have the rights to it. it they want it. It's time. Yeah, it would, it would be so beautiful. 
But, but I'm sure that they will continue to make decisions that uh, infuriate and uh, annoy their fan base. Yeah. Speaking of decisions that infuriate and annoy their fan bases, uh, there's a sexy anime RPG that puts players in gem debt because the devs <laughs> made an oopsie daisy. Yeah, so I, I wasn't sure how much we were going to have to talk about, and I, I came across this article uh, while reading the previous one, actually, and I was like, wow, this is this is really fucking dumb. It's really <laughs> fucking, like, I, looking at the reviews that this has received makes sense, because what the fuck are the devs thinking? Yeah, uh, like, I, so I, I make it no secret, I play... I play gotcha games, not a lot of them, but I do play some gotcha games, uh, particularly ones that involve collecting uh, very well and down anime girls. So like this, this is right up my alley besides the turn based combat. Um, and, and with that, I'm, I'm very aware of how gotcha games tend to work uh, in terms of their, their free and, and premium currency and all that. Never in any free-to-play game have I ever seen where the devs make a mistake and then force the players to pay for it, uh, literally and figuratively. So what happened here was uh, the devs, as is typical, gave players a bunch of free currency to celebrate the launch of the game. Uh but they fucked up and gave something like 10 times as much as they meant to. Uh, oh, no, no. <laughs> it's more like 100 it times. Like it was from 100 to 250 or 10 to 250 or something like that. The, they, were su- they were supposed to get 100 crystals at level 4 and 250 crystals at level 5. Uh, and instead they got 500 crystals at level four and 1000 crystals at level five. Oh, and that was for each individual character that you were leveling. And with it being a gotcha game, that can be several characters. Uh, so with, with that in mind, since they were essentially giving people, yeah, like five times as much currency as they meant to, uh, when they realized this, they rolled back that 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 free currency. Uh, now, normally, in a game like this, you would you would roll back the the amount that you earn, but then go, okay, you guys can just have the currency. It's fine. We're sorry we fucked up. Not even uh, we're sorry. It's just uh, oopsie daisies. Enjoy our mistake. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, maybe you have a sale on coins because now that people have some, they're going to want more. Yeah. Like it, that, that is so very much like the obvious thing that you would, that you would do. You go are better ways to recover from this. There are ways to recover from this that could end up actually being beneficial. Yeah. Uh, what you don't do is you don't take the difference away from everyone who earned that currency, including making their accounts go negative if need be. So like, like say you earned a thousand gems and you should have only gotten 500 
and you spent all 1,000 of those gems, they are now making your account in the game negative 500 gems. All the free gems that you earn from that point forward are being applied to your negative balance instead of actually giving you currency, which is insane. Play the game at that point, like uh, yeah, how to how to lose an audience in thirty days, right there. Yeah, uh, this there's a quote in here because I played too much. Now I won't be able to get more gems as I am eight thousand crystals in debt, and I got to make the same amount in order to get more free gems. Like, that's exactly the problem is they're punishing the players who are the, the, the people who are actively playing the most are the ones who are most hurt by this. Baffling yeah. To me. And, and like, I get it that at the end of the day, the whales are the ones that make money. So like, and this is only affecting people who have, or who are using free currency, uh, money or, or any currency that you paid money for was not affected. That's how a lot of these gotcha games work, but no one is going to become like, like you're not going to bring anybody in if your biggest, uh, like your biggest piece of thing that's notable is that you fucking took a bunch of money away from people and essentially made them into indentured servants in your gotcha game where like you, you just, you played the game like you were supposed to. And all of a sudden you were told uh, you're in debt. Now you don't get any free currency until you pay off the debt that you incurred by our own doing. Like it's, that's just nuts. It's you're fucking, uh, it's like animal crossing. But in a fucking gotcha game, like it's, it's Animal Crossing, but there's an actual shackle if you want to <laughs> like get to the features of the game. Yeah, like, that, like it, it's ass backwards to me. It makes no a lot of the articles this week just don't make any goddamn sense to me. No, it's this is this is a company that just does not know how to how to save face. I guess how to like do anything to keep the, the general public liking them. So at, at the end of the day, looking at this article, anime, boob, titty porn, whatever it's, I, I get it. It's not for me, but I get it. People paying for anime, boob, titty porn. Okay. That, I don't really get it, but I see why people do it. People going into booba debt, people going into the booba mines, because <laughs> in order to get more booba, they need to play this game and work off their booba debt. You lost me completely <laughs> and utterly, totally off the train. That's ridiculous that I, no one would have played Pokemon Go if a month after it came out, they, they were like, you can't buy any Pokeballs until you you spin 800 gyms because you we fucked up. And gave you too many polka coins, like that. It, that game would have died immediately, and As that's what's I, probably going to happen here. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if anything but death came to this. So, uh, I guess stay tuned for like a month from now when there's some really cheap anime booba assets floating around the internet. <laughs> I don't hey, get it, man. This doesn't even look like this. Looks like a really shitty game. Like even among sh stupid fucking booba anime girl games like this looks really bad this is about what i had in mind for like any sort of mobile level anime booba game 
I, I think my standards are just too high because I play Azure Lane. Man, there's a there's a dog creaking the fuck out of it. I hear that doggo. I hope everything's okay. Uh, speaking of things being okay, do you do you, do you think that Reddit will survive if if they take away a search? Oh, uh, uh, did he shut up? I'm, nope. I'm gonna go deal with this dog. You should talk about this. Okay, I'll I'll talk. Yeah. So um. Yeah, uh, you may remember uh, recently Reddit came out and was like, so since Twitter doesn't want anybody to use their API without paying a whole lot of money, we're not going to let anybody use our API without paying a whole lot of money. Because what we really don't want is for other people using their own mobile apps to use Reddit because that lets you bypass ads. And whatnot. Uh, let's ignore the fact that like AdBlock exists on mobile devices and can easily just remove Reddit ads transparently. Uh, and there's nothing Reddit can really do about it. Which is what I do now if I do go on Reddit, which isn't all that often anymore. Never really was in the first place, but I digress. Uh, so further into that mindset... Uh, Reddit has now stated that, uh, they don't want search companies to be able to archive Reddit's content, uh, particularly for the purposes of like training AI. Uh, hmm. so that, like search, whether it be Bing or Google, which are really the only real players in the game. Uh, DuckDuckGo is literally just Bing search, but proxied through DuckDuckGo servers. Um, Those search engines still have to crawl through Reddit to actually index all of the content on those sites. So they, they still have to pull data from Reddit without actually paying Reddit anything. And Reddit considering they really want money all of a sudden because they want to do an IPO. Uh, they're mad about this. And they're like, if, uh, if they can't get Google and Bing to sort of play ball with, with what they want them to do, they're just going to block search crawlers entirely. So if you Google something, you're not going to get any results from Reddit. And Reddit really seems to think that that's Reddit. not going to be a problem. Yeah, like, like Reddit seems to think that's not going to be a problem, but are you fucking kidding me right now? That's a big <laughs> problem, Reddit. That's a massive problem. Now, uh, the only thing that keeps on ringing like a bell in the back of my head is Reddit turning into an IPO is going to kill Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. Reddit it's... is already dying. It's dying very hard. Reddit turning into an IPO will kill Reddit. I don't do it. <laughs> like like I I don't understand why companies like Reddit can't just be happy with being fucking massive and like why they feel compelled to be even more massive and make even more money and, and why they think that the only way to do that is to seek out public funding like what what improves with reddit when it becomes an ipo 
Other than that Reddit suddenly has a feature that allows you to attach a credit card to it. Like, like it's it literally all that it does is just give CEO more money. <laughs> like at the end of the day, that's all that really happens. The, the, the justification is supposed to be that you, you do the IPO, your, your share price is announced at, I don't know, like 20 bucks a share. And all of a sudden you get this huge influx of money because obviously everyone's going to buy Reddit stock, uh, which isn't actually what will happen. Uh, what will really happen is that Reddit will launch the IPO uh, it'll start at like $20 a share. And then over the next three days, it will drop down to like $7 a share. And then maybe people will buy it and it will kind of creak back up to 10 bucks a share. And it will sit there until they show that they aren't making any bigger profits. And then it just slowly trickles down again. And then the company dies. Uh, but that that's not what they're what they're hoping for. They're hoping that they they launch the IPO and then they just get infinite money after that to do something with what? Yeah, because people have been in love with Reddit lately. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I don't think Reddit has actually implemented a feature anyone has given a shit about in years. I can't remember the last time that they did implement anything anyone cared about. They they seem to think that if they just like put a shiny coat of paint on Reddit, that somehow that's going to make the site better. But no one gives a fuck. There, there's a reason that a vast majority of people who use Reddit, at least the people who talk about Reddit, um, and, and use it on a regular basis, it seems that they prefer to use old Reddit, which if you just do old.reddit.com, it changes it to not whatever modern Reddit looks like where you have like infinite scrolling and all that bullshit. It seems like most of the user base just wants Reddit to be a forum, be like like a less NSFW 4chan uh, with like actual moderation and, and shit. They just want that. They just want the platform to be there, be functional, and then just get out of the way. It's funny that you brought that up. In my mind, I'm thinking I've I've seen all this happen before. It's like people used to torrent a lot and then they came out with Netflix and people were like, okay, I'll pay for Netflix. Then they made Netflix and Hulu and blah, blah, blah. And people were like, fuck it, I'm going back to torrenting. Well, now we're at a point where people are just like, I don't know why I'm actually going to end up going to this website. Like it's not actually serving a purpose. And that's a weird comparison. I apologize. But like the, yeah. the, what I'm trying to say here is like Reddit is actively going to make themselves so useless that nobody has a reason to go there. Yeah. You're, I, I, I probably you're exactly on that. You're, you're, you're right on. It's the Reddit is, is so focused on, we need more profit that they keep adding superfluous bullshit and actively making the site worse by restricting their API access and, and increasing the price of their API access substantially much in the same way that Twitter is, which we'll get to that. Um, but it, it, they're, they're doing all this in the effort to make more money while ignoring what actually makes Reddit a good website in the first place, which is that, it is a a very straightforward 
Ghost's website that it's very clear how to get where you want to go. It does not have a bunch of bells and whistles in terms of like anything really like you post a text post or a link and you can comment on things and like that that's it that's all anyone gives a shit about i i genuinely feel like the 4chan comparison is extremely apt because after all these years 4chan has done almost nothing to actually change much of anything there is a there is a, a usability extension that is built into the website to like make it easier to use on like a mobile phone. Or oh, and you have dark mode now. And it's it, like it, obvious it, choices that are for like if Reddit did things like that, that would be the right kind of choices to make. Yeah. It, you know what? What nobody what nobody cares about is stuff like like infinite scrolling in within a reddit thread or or on a, on a reddit board or um force changing of of the way that headers work you know like the stuff that people complain about on youtube all the time where youtube just completely changes the layout of everything for no reason other than we want to uh kind of oh, how the, the youtube app very recently did just that change yeah. the layout of a bunch of menus and now i like i am now actually the confused that you watched recently are under your library because fuck you just yeah. got used to it being somewhere now it's somewhere else yeah like like we removed one of the items at the bottom of the screen and now th there's a bunch of shit rolled into this you page that wasn't there before and also all the buttons are like differently shaped now and in slightly different places so all the any kind of like muscle memory or anything that you had is just gone uh, Discord has been doing that with their mobile app. I fucking turned that shit off immediately whenever that launched. And like, I, it, the funny thing is that I have not used new Reddit ever. So I genuinely don't even know what all new Reddit has to offer. I just know that no one likes it. So I'm just not going to use it. I, I know that the only times I've ever used it, I've gone Ugh, and then gone back. Uh, I think the only time I've touched it was uh, because you have to go to new Reddit to change the new privacy settings that they rolled out recently as part of them trying to sell your data to third party uh, harvesters. Like they just keep doing dumb shit whenever all they really need to do is just get the fuck out of the way and make sure the service keeps working. Maybe like make it so that moderators can somehow make money like make it so that you can easily monetize a subreddit you know like or like control the apps and not the apps the the ads that get put on it or like yeah i don't know have sponsored links that show up on top for things like there are so many ways that us just bullshitting here have solved this problem and none of it involves fundamentally changing the usability on the website or turning off the fucking API now. I, and with the API stuff, I, I will admit that, uh, AI, uh, training has made that a lot more of a problem. Um, it is genuinely surprising just how much money, uh, like open AI scraping all of Reddit cost Reddit 
because uh, it, it was like it was pretty bad. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, I, I just I don't I don't know why that means that you have to shut down every third party app. You know, or just have a, an API for AIs. Oh, you're doing X amount of function calls per second because you're training a big ass database. Okay, money, please. Yeah. Don't penalize like, everyone, assholes. Like you, you have to have some kind of key to interface with an API. So, like, just go. All right, uh, let's look at your needs as whatever product that you are. Like, just do it the way that Twitter does it, because Twitter, uh, even before Elon bought the company, you couldn't just like get an API token uh, if you were a small developer. Even you, your app had to be approved by uh by twitter before you got your key and everything so you could actually start developing for them because they wanted to make sure that you weren't going to do anything super nefarious so like why can't you just do that with reddit like or at least if you exceed a certain threshold like you were saying if if you're obviously not just doing testing like or you're just one dude using your own weird little Reddit app to do whatever. Like, unless it's a situation like that, why can't you just go, okay, if this is going to be your quota, like this is how much we're going to charge you. And if you don't like it, well, fuck you. We're the ones with the data. But instead they're, they're going, fuck everyone. We're the ones with all the data. And also don't leave. Please stay. Please, yeah. Please stay. <laughs> it's like, like it's, that 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 I think is is going to be the end result is yeah everyone's just going to go okay well we'll just go to Discord then because that seems to be the consensus like Discord as much as I don't like some of the things that Discord is doing there are some things that are good uh their like forums feature seems to be pretty cool I think it it could use a little work in terms of like UX but. It's definitely an improvement over just one big chat feed or the yeah. threads function that barely works. Um, I guess it works. It's just usability again. It's just not good. But like, My problem with Discord that services like your, your, your Reddit and your 4chan just simply don't have a problem with is Discord shows you up front just how populated that server is at the same time. I have been jumping in other servers lately just because I've been doing the advertisement of my Shadowrun podcast. And let me tell you, there is nothing more discerning than when you get on a chat and there's like 12 people having an active conversation on there in like all of the channels. Yeah, like I and I I also it related to this article, I don't like that a lot of shit is moving to Discord because Discord is so compartmentalized. There's no public index of any Discord server at all. Nope. So somebody could be spoofing a discord server. And unless you happen to know people who are like on the level with what you're looking for, you might not ever know. Yeah. Like, like there, there are a lot of cases where I'm searching up information on something. And the only good source for information on that thing is Reddit. But like, I wouldn't even know where to look if I didn't have Google or, or Bing or whatever, to search Reddit for me, but right, yeah, the and, benefit of those scalpers that not the scalpers, the uh, the the net scrapers is that they're probably although it does cost you up front, it's giving you more traffic. 
Yeah. And, and to that, to that end, like discord, since you have to join a server to read anything on it, which is probably my single biggest, uh, dislike of discord. Like you can't really have a scraper that goes out and scans through a bunch of discord servers to see if there's anything useful on there. Now I do have a, I guess like a closing thought for you here. What would you do to Reddit to fix it? Other than just stop fucking with it. Just leave it alone because that's the obvious answer. Like, or, or to, to morph that question, what would discord have to do to be a better Reddit? I, I liked, uh, what somebody recommended on, uh, Mastodon, which was that you can essentially opt your server in like as an admin of a server, you can opt in either the entire server or like particular channels to being publicly indexed so that you you can bring in traffic to that server and, and also provide a service to other people. So that if you have something like, a a community built around a certain game or technology or whatever, then other people can find that easily without needing to explicitly be invited by somebody else. Um, I think that would be super helpful. And in terms of Reddit, I mean, yeah, same <laughs> exactly what, what you said like just stop fucking it up i think focus on what actually gets people to use your platform and i i get that they want to focus on monetization and that's why i i think that monetization that furthers actually improving user experience instead of stupid shit like reddit gold i i think that sort of thing is is better like doing stuff like um enabling and make it optional, like enabling having uh, promoted threads within a subreddit uh, or being able to like you can do ads, but like make them not quite so intrusive uh, sort of thing, because like ads on Reddit are generally just really annoying and stupid. Um, but if you're going to have targeted ads, like have them actually be relevant to what you're looking at and just make them look like any other reddit post uh, if just, only there was a way that a, a moderator could control the ads that arrive <laughs> on the channel so it's specifically targeted to ensure it's at the proper demographic right no, that's that's crazy we can't do that like e even if it's something where like you're so so you could have something where subreddit reaches like a certain member count uh Okay, now you've re you've hit this threshold. You can now opt into monetization of the subreddit, and then in the process of that, you have to specify who is the owner of this subreddit. Is it multiple people? Okay, we need like all, all three of these people need to submit to us their financial information, like their name, their citizenship info, all that. Um, how is the revenue going to be split, and then? Who is your demographic? Who uses the subreddit? You gather this info, not from AI, not from that bullshit, but from the actual admin slash moderators of that subreddit. And you, you go from there. You feed that, that 
info into an AI that, that can then target ads to that demographic if need be. Like, I, I don't know why you can't do that <laughs> instead of doing shit and acting like you know your platform better than the people who actually use it. It, I, I don't know why tech bros are like this. There's so much of a willingness to be like, no, you're not using my product right. Or you're not using it the way that I want you to use it. And it's like, of course they're not. We're using it the, the way that is going to be the most convenient to use it. Whether right. that's using AI bots to scrape data or whether that's, haha, I'm going to copy this link to my friend and now he's going to see the same ad that I had a second ago. Like, yes, there's a cost to doing business. And yes, there are ways to recoup those costs. This ain't it. The no. way that you described them moving forward with their operations, if they became a publicly traded IPO and moved forward like that, I'd be fucking fine with it. I don't think I'd be like, I, I'm already pretty much like off the Reddit train, but like, I'd at least be cool if it stuck around. That being said, when Reddit, Reddit, when Reddit does inevitably die, I could see Discord picking up a lot of that slack, and all they would need to do is implement threads a little bit better. Yeah. There's, there's a little bit of something here. I think if there's a way that like you could see the threads in just like a, it, it could even just be newest to oldest or, uh, you know, if you could have popular threads populate first or whatever like that. And then, like you said, if your discord channel is popular enough and it has enough users or whatever like that, you could flip the switch that says, yes, this is a publicly indexable server or these channels in the server, these threads in the server, you can, anyone can contribute, join comments, whatever. Like, there's a lot of functionality here that could be better and could fill a lot of gaps that aren't being satisfied in other places. But it would take a lot of work. Yeah. But instead, we just, we, we, what we got to do is, uh, fuck up the platform and make people want to leave while apparently not realizing that, like, those people using the platform are what make it like a platform in the first place that anyone wants to use. Like, I think that Reddit corporate, I think the people at the top think that Reddit itself has something special about it that makes people want to use it. When the reality is people use Reddit because that's what everyone uses. Yeah, they won't fucking learn, ain't they? Yeah, I really think they are. Everyone used to use MySpace too. Uh-huh. And then something more trendy and honestly more well put together came around and everyone switched to that. Now MySpace is dead. I have a theory. MySpace died and Facebook won because it had that inbuilt chat. MySpace I, implemented shortly after, but it was too late. Everyone kind of jumped over already. Didn't yeah. need AIM. You could just open up the browser and have conversations. At least for the people of that demographic, which was supposed to be college kids at the time. We were in high school. Christ. Yeah. Like, a part of the social aspect is functionality on here. And if your website's not functioning in a way that people are going to be incentivized to use it, if they're logging on and all they're seeing is ads and promoted content, they're gonna stop using it. Fuck. It's not that hard. No. I, I don't know why CEOs can't understand that, like, it, it's it's the users that make your website. It's not you. It, it's not your developers. It's not your company. Like the people who actually produce the content for 
your website are the ones that make it useful in the first place. It's frustrating to have to try to go through the same hoops that they jump through to get to these points. It's maddening. Speaking of maddening, do we want to move on to our last story here? Yeah. Uh, uh, this was, this was yours. Yeah. So, uh, X, which we're just going to call Twitter because it's Twitter (laughs) is reportedly selling inactive usernames for $50,000. Uh, that's not going to solve Twitter's problems either. <laughs> Elon Musk's Twitter has started selling off dormant Twitter account handles for a whopping $50,000 each, while the company's website still suggests that it, quote, cannot release inactive usernames at this time. An internal group known as at Handle Team has reportedly started working out a marketplace for unused handles, Forbes reports. This is from uh, PCMag.com. Current sales have happened through email solicitations to potential buyers requesting that flat fee. I feel like this is just one of those steps in like the dystopian pathway of, <laughs> hey, you haven't logged on to our service in like six months, so we sold it to the highest bidder. Yeah. There are implications to this. If you have a cool handle and this is your personal handle, you know, oh, I didn't log in. That sucks that I lost it. What happens if you're a company and the, like it dies? I, I feel like there's probably some some steps that would come into place before that would happen, but like, I feel like this is the slope that we approach before this happens. Well, like, yeah, you, you think of circumstances where like a company dissolves, but an individual still owns like the trademark for the name of that company, mm-hmm. or or maybe the the well, yeah, the name would be the the bigger problem. So then. Obviously, no one's been maintaining that Twitter page because the company doesn't exist anymore. But then Twitter goes and sells that handle. And now all of a sudden, somebody can just start using Twitter as as if they are that company. And we, we already saw how that can go whenever buying verification became right. a thing. This is already an issue that we've had to encounter. And we're just going to have to keep on learning this lesson, I guess. I like, and the, the idea that like, okay, they're, they're, they're charging $50,000 one because Twitter really, really needs money, I guess. But also probably they can use that as, as a way of deterring people who would just do this as a prank. But I think this still might be underestimating how much, money some major shitheads might have and i don't even just mean trolls i mean people who would be able to like do actual malicious shit with this with these capabilities oh look my town hall is tweeting me things oh that's just some asshole yeah like i i feel like this is this is ripe for for scammers to kind of take advantage of whenever this this comes into place and also, it's just dumb. <laughs> like, it's just dumb and gross. Like, I, I don't... I don't really know what else to say about it directly other than, like, it, it's it's more signs that, like, maybe Twitter should just be allowed to sink. Yeah, no, Twitter needs to die, and uh, Elon Musk needs to be punished for his sins. Yeah. 
the so I feel like this is the decision made by a dumb person who thinks they're a smart person. I think if you're sitting in a desk and you're like, how are we going to get people to sign back on to Twitter? I'm Peter Molyneux now, by the way. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Uh, and it's, hey, we're going to sell your account if you don't sign on again. Oh, well, I guess I'll sign on and just sign off again. But hey, they they got that ping. They got their number. I, I was nobody's going to sign on. It's just, it's going <laughs> to die. I was thinking that so so he was uh, musk was already intending on uh like just kind of killing a ton of accounts anyway that were that were not being used and he was just going to release all those handles i think that he was laying in bed one night and he was like wait why are we just giving them away we could sell these and that that's how this came about. Like he went, why why would we just release these these handles like at I don't know at a a a a? Like why would we do that whenever someone would probably want to pay money for it? How much and, money? I don't know, fifty thousand dollars. That's the kind of money people just throw around, right? <laughs> it's like that's the kind of money that I that I want them to give me. And I get what I want, because I'm Elon Musk. I'm the purple one, I do what I want. God, there could just be like a gas leak, and the world would be a better place for it. <laughs> also, so, they, uh, yeah, they misspelled Shutterstock underneath of the picture. Uh, that they did. This is PC Mag. I don't, I don't really <laughs> have the highest faith in their news reporting news here. Uh, other than mentioning that Elon Musk was also thinking about offering amnesty to previously suspended accounts, because uh, boy, are they desperate for people who aren't bots to use this program, uh, even if that means stirring up the alt right echo chamber again. The alt right echo chamber. I, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> uh, it. Much like Reddit, Twitter's just gotta die. Like, 2023 is the year that old social media expires and. I don't know. Are we on Web 3.0 yet? Are we on Web 4.0? Uh, web 3.0, I think, is already on its way out because that was NFTs, wasn't it? I don't know. Uh, it's all nonsense. Kind of, NFTs feel like such a mistake in the blip of the the canon of internet. Yeah. Of like humankind exploring themselves on a, a connected mesh. Fuck. Why are we trying to privatize and make money off of everything? I know the answer, but god damn it. <laughs> Stop it. The internet's supposed to be the refuge, the last bastion of all this bullshit. And you're ruining it. Now we're going to monetize everything. No. So tune in to, to Reeton Entertainment. We're not monetized. We don't, yeah. make, a, uh, we don't make a red cent. Uh, and, and you can tune in to our, our other projects, and you can tune into our social media. We were just talking all podcasts about how bad social media is. I don't know, man. Touch grass. It's going to start snowing soon and you won't get the chance. Yeah. Any, anything else you want to say? Uh, uh, we're, we're almost at the point where we can't reverse global warming ever and everyone's going to die. Yeah. You, you know, in Final Fantasy 7, where you go to Cosmo Canyon and Bugenhagen's like, yeah, man, I, I was warning people like 40 years ago and no one did anything about it. Now the planet's dead fucking sucks <sighs> that's how it feels that's that's how existing feels lately is like uh, yeah it's just like seeing a tsunami wave coming at you and being like huh 
Wow. That's that's gonna suck when it gets here. I I mentioned them to my wife uh, pretty recently. How do you think Al Gore feels? I uh, I like the South Park approach where um, they all apologize to him like <laughs> for an entire episode. Because <laughs> like, yeah, like he was he was literally that guy. Like it, it was closer to like thirty years ago, but he came out and was like. Uh, we need to do something. You know, the planet, planet is dying. And then instead everyone voted for George W. Bush and we got 9-11. We got a lot of oil. Oil is basically like liquid <laughs> money. We really did. We just went the opposite direction. <laughs> God. And like, there's not even anywhere you could go that's better. Like, Europe? No. You could hide out in Southeast Asia and go invisible, but like, then you're just gonna burn in the jungle. Yeah, like, what, what are you gonna do? You gonna fucking die also, of it's gonna be over malaria or some shit? A disease. Yeah, it, it, it's gonna be like COVID twenty five. There's, there's just no hope. But at least there's cool video games. Uh, I'm gonna uh, go play in a VR headset and pretend <laughs> like it's 2003 and Morrowind again. Ooh, escapism's all we had left. There was that meme about, like, I worked a 40-hour work week, I earned the right to disassociate for two days straight. Yeah. And I just wonder, is is that supposed to be every weekend of your adult life? When, when does that stop? <laughs> uh, I think it was supposed to stop whenever you retired, but that's not a thing anymore. That's not a thing anymore. I guess... I live to disassociate, I guess. Yeah. Uh, until then, this has been us disassociating our weekends away. Tune in for when we continue the... The, the, uh, the torture never stops, man. Tune in next week when we do the same thing, but maybe Reeton will be here. Hashtag legalize ketamine. Bye. Oh, dear God, no. I didn't mean to click that.